Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to return to our monthly focus on a health-related topic. Today, we're going to focus on thinking about why is my animal limping here, thinking about beef cattle. Uh, this is a time of year when we have cattle out on pasture and also, of course, cattle in the yard. Talking through, thinking about why an animal might be limping, and then as you visit with your veterinarian about possible treatment options, uh, thinking through questions to ask and things to examine. To discuss today's topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Lindsay Walker-Mead, who's a veterinarian and also Nebraska Extension educator. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Well, Dr. Mead, in parts of the state, we've had more moisture than normal. In other parts of the state, it's been drier. But in the summer, sometimes we can see foot rot out on pasture or range. And in this topic today, you're going to talk about thinking about what actually may be causing that animal to limp. It may actually not be foot rot. So walk through with us some things to think through, some things to be cognizant of as people are looking at an animal and thinking about moving forward with working with their veterinarian on getting a diagnosis and, and how to best approach that. Yeah. So this time of year, obviously you get a call or you go out to pasture and you see somebody limping and it just seems the most common answer is going to be, well, that, that animal must have foot rot. And while that may be the case, that's not always the case. So what I wanted to do today was just kind of discuss a few different reasons why your cow or calf may be limping. And it is dependent, not not always, but it can be dependent on where they're at and the environment that they're exposed to. But we're going to kind of break this down into um, infectious causes, injuries or foreign bodies. So something that shouldn't that they stepped on or shouldn't be there. And also, of course, just basically touch on a, a few structural concerns that we need to think about. So starting out when I was doing my my research and diving into the literature on these topics, I did come across a percentage that said that 88 to 92% of all bovine lameness issues will actually involve some sort of structure of the digit. And that just means like your toe. So uh, the majority, the vast majority of the time, if your animal is limping or lame, then it's probably something going on with the with the toe or the claw. So we can kind of dive in starting with the infectious causes. And you already discussed foot rot being a number one cause. And, and I would agree this is this is a common con condition. But what I wanted to do when we're talking about in, um, infectious causes today is to kind of give you a couple tips on if you're out in the pasture and you see that, what are you what should you be looking for? So foot rot, we know, I'll just give you a little background of that. It, it is a bacterial infection. Then there's a couple different primary bacteria that get in there, usually three to four different types that can be there. It, it actually is not highly contagious. So it's something that would be in the environment. So you're not necessarily going to have a herd outbreak of foot rot. It, it could potentially be spread if, if it got severe enough and you had some drainage and that got on the, the environment around and they spread it that way. But most of the time, it's not super contagious. We do see these these types of infections occur more in those warm, moist environments. So if we've had a lot of rain, um, if they have been hanging out in the pond or mud or something like that, that may be a condition where it sets up this perfect environment on the skin that's down between the toes. So if you think about what a what a bovine's foot looks like with the two with the two toes there the skin that's right between those two toes, that's what's going to get really moist and that will create some fissures or some cracks. And then that allows that bacteria to get up into it. And then that's what causes the, the lameness. And most of the time it's actually acute onset. So it happens quickly. 
they could be fine the day before and then you see them the next day and they are they are definitely lame and it usually is just one foot so um, you have if you have an acute onset of lameness and it's just one foot and and most of the time hind legs are more common than front legs so it, i mean it still could happen on the front limb but but definitely we see this more on the hind limbs but the number one thing that's going to help you kind of think well maybe this is foot rot is it, without doing a good exam would be being able to see where the swelling is at. So that's one takeaway I want you to have today is that if you have symmetrical swelling, so both sides, if you think about that foot and you kind of draw like an imaginary line right up between those two toes, and if you, especially if you can stand behind the cow, if we're talking on the back feet and you look at one leg that's not, that they're not limping on, and then the one that they are limping on, if that swelling is symmetrical or it's the same on both sides of your imaginary line, then we're probably more likely to have a case of foot rot. So it actually, you think about the hoof, obviously the claws is solid and you don't see any swelling there, but right at that coronary band, so that's the skin that's right above where the, where the hoof material is, that's where you'll start to see the swelling. And it can actually go up into the fetlock a little bit. And you'll see, especially on the backside, those dew claws are not really attached very much. And so if you see them spread apart, um, that swelling will kind of go up and the same on both sides. That would be an indicator that we probably are dealing with some foot rot. Now, if I had this animal in my chute and I was able to do, clean the foot off and do a good exam, if you've ever smelled foot rot, you definitely know that's what you're dealing with. I mean, it's very fetid. It has a very strong odor and it is right, right usually between those, right between those two toes when it gets started. So the number one thing is if you can get them out, if you do see the lameness and you want to try and take a look at them, try and get them up on an area where they're not in a lot of, um, you know, they're not in, a, in water, obviously not a lot of mud or grass so that you can take a look and see where that swelling is at. The thing about foot rot is that it can potentially extend to a much more advanced disease, such as like septic arthritis, if, if it's left untreated or if it was treated with the wrong medication. So that presentation changes just a little bit. So if you notice, if it, if it advances and you get up into like a true septic arthritis, all that means is that bacteria now has gone from the, the subcutaneous tissue or just the loose tissue around and it's actually got up into a joint. And if you're looking at anatomy of a hoof wall up into the legs, those joints and bones actually will go up farther up into that fetlock area. They'll move up the leg and those bones will actually split. So the infection will be more unilateral. So the swelling will actually leave the one side of the claw and it'll be more swollen on, on the affected side. And it's just because it's moving up the leg into those joints. And so that's where the swelling is at. So that could be, I mean, that's an advanced stage and we definitely have some concerns at that point, but there was another uh, presentation that I found in a paper that was talking about, you know, what percentage of time do you see cattle with swelling on single leg lameness or not. And it did say that cattle that had um, a single leg lameness, so only one leg that they're limping on and had asymmetric swelling above the coronary band. So one side is bigger than the other above that hoof wall. They were 62, 63.2 times more likely to have a diagnosis of septic arthritis than when you compared them to an animal that didn't have the swelling. So it's a pretty telltale sign if we get to that point that there's something much more serious going on. And then basically that, that changes the way that our treatment protocol is approached and um, systemic antibiotics are not the only, is not the only answer in that situation. So talk a little about just thinking about prevention measures and 
again, we think about treatment and that is appropriate, but what are some things we can do, especially if maybe we've struggled with foot rot in the past to try to create a situation where we reduce the incidence of that? This becomes an area of management where we can actually intervene and see if we can try and prevent this problem from happening. If you are having, you know, a repeat condition of foot rot, take a look at your areas that your animals are spending a lot of time. So look around your water source and your shade sources, mineral feeders, you know, things like that. Are they having to walk on a lot of rocks or is there a lot of mud that can potentially create some damage? Because foot rot Foot rot can be introduced if you have any sort of um, injury to that tissue that's between the toes. And then that just allows that bacteria to get in there. I read another article that was talking about um, cactus in certain types of pastures, that there was some some serious cactus concerns. And that was actually creating a traumatic injury that was leading to foot to foot rot issues. So, so just looking around and seeing, are there, are there problematic areas that these animals are spending time in? And is there a way for me to change that area to try to, to prevent things from happening in the future? So one of the other things I read also is just checking your mineral program, making sure you have adequate copper, zinc, selenium present either in your supplement or, uh, you know, thinking about your feed resources, uh, that can be pretty important to hoof health as well. Yeah, definitely. It's always it's always good to look at the bigger picture and to see where else you can make a difference in a you know in a cost effective way. So you've spent some time on foot rot, and obviously that's probably the first thing that comes to mind if we see an animal limping. But what are some other causes of lameness that people should be aware of as well? So another one that I just wanted to touch base on would be digital dermatitis or hairy heel warts or strawberry foot rot, if you've called it that. They have lots of different names. And again, environmental conditions may be different. This would be something that we do see more of in the in the feedlot. Historically, this was actually a, a majority of a dairy problem, but we're seeing it a lot more common in the beef world. A couple things that are different about it is that it, it is a bacterial problem. Um, there is several different bacteria that kind of make up this, the case base for digital dermatitis, but it does cause a lameness and it'll be more like a red thickened area on the backside of the heel. And so the way, the way that these animals are lame presents a little differently. They'll actually set up on their toes. So they'll do kind of like what we call a toe touch lameness where they're just rocking up onto those toes to get the pressure off the back of their heels. That again, if it's left untreated, uh, can change and can progress towards the front of the foot. So you might see some of the so it might potentially look a little bit like the foot rot there, but it doesn't necessarily show any swelling. So that's the big thing, the difference when we're talking about just looking at them. You're out in one area and you see a difference. If you have rot cow, again, that's going to be where we have that unilateral swelling of the leg. If we're dealing with a, a, a fat steer or something that has um, a hairy hill wart situation, you usually don't see swelling if it's uncomplicated. If it just If it is just starting and causing some lameness, then we normally don't see the swelling there. The other way is that it, they're they're treated a little differently, and so usually hairy heel warts are treated with a topical treatment versus the the foot rot would be systemic. There's a couple other conditions that can cause not typically see swelling in the leg like you do a foot rot leg, and that would be cases like laminitis or a sole ulcer. Um, th- those would be issues where maybe there's not that severe swelling that you see. But if we if we move on to you know an injury or a foreign body, the thing is that that could be the initial 
problem that happened. So they stepped on a nail or they got a piece of wire or something wrapped around and then the bacteria gets a chance to get in there. And then we start to see a major issue with uh, lameness and swelling and pain. And so it, it is a really good rule of thumb that if you have a wound, um, you know, a heel bulb laceration, anything like that, that's severe enough to cause the animal to be lame. So you notice that it's definitely causing pain, then it should be, it should be looked at quickly by, you know, and a veterinarian should definitely examine that. And in practice, I have seen multiple things that we've taken out of legs that, you know, people thought maybe that was foot rot or you try and treat it as get better. I, I can remember one case where we got one in and put it on the tilt table and, and took a look at that foot and it had three layers of wire wrapped around right above the coronary band. And you couldn't even see the wire because the swelling was so deep that it was probably in about half an inch that we had to try and cut that out. So who knows what they can get into when they're out there, you know, they step on something and it, and it looks like maybe that's foot rot and you try to treat it, but, but that if it's not getting better, you know, that's something to remember too. If you're, if you have a treatment protocol plan set up with your veterinarian and there should be a certain amount of time that you should see a, a result from that treatment. And if it hasn't, then we need to start investigating why. And maybe that is something that they stepped on or an injury that's not healing correctly. Well, anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today as we point towards wrapping up? The only other thing is to remember that there are structural concerns. And so those can lead to lameness issues over time. So things like corkscrew claw, um, these they can have a good genetic potential to it. If you did have a, an animal that had a case of laminitis previously, and now that hoof wall has grown out, all of those things could be a potential for creating some sort of lameness issue. So bottom line, foot rot is a concern and it's something we should know about, but not every limping animal has foot rot. And so if you know what some of the signs are that you should be looking for, set up a good protocol, treatment protocol, or, you know, with your veterinarian, discuss with them, maybe what, what the next step should be if things aren't getting better, um, getting that animal in and getting a good exam can do wonders for you because there are, you know, there are ways to make these um, salvageable and especially before they go too far. So the, the other thing that I didn't mention that I need to say is that these are painful situations. And so always consider some sort of pain, pain management, talking to your veterinarian on what would be the best course for that too, just for the animal welfare sake too, that, so that we can do the best care for these animals. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. Well, for more information on animal health-related topics, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, there is information on these topics.